Hey, this is Robin Wilson, and I'm with Expat Diaries Podcast. We're uh, recording today. I'm super excited to have Katie with me today. And Katie, because I know I'll probably butcher it if you'll just tell me how to pronounce your last name. Yeah, Chacon. That's how I was going to say it. I'm so excited that I would have had it right had I given it the chance. And Katie and I um, got to visit um, a couple weeks ago and talk about her amazing adventure on her way to um, Costa Rica. And um, I really just want Katie to jump in like there at the beginning. Like, so Katie's from the Bay Area and um, went to school there, right? And graduated. And yeah. then, then what happened with your life? Yeah, I, I'm originally from California, if you're not familiar with what the Bay Area is. So I grew up in Colorado, California. I studied uh, sustainable hospitality, so Costa Rica was always in my textbooks. Once I graduated, I'm like, first spot, Costa Rica. That's where we're going. I did a big project on a festival that's really popular down here. Sold everything, came down to Wait, travel. so you sold everything like what? Like your car, my car your furniture? My furniture uh, my, I got rid of like my plants. You know, I feel like when you get rid of your plants and some of my favorite like sentimental wall hangings that were ceramic. I, I gave them to friends and said, if I ever come back, I might want this. I yeah. haven't talked to those friends even, you know. So it was pretty legit. But I was planning on traveling definitely. I came with a backpack. And I had some gigs lined up at hostels. So I was sort of going to be wandering around the world, figuring out where I wanted to stay. What were, the, I, what were the gigs that you had lined up at hostels? I started off in Puerto Viejo, which is on the Caribbean side of mm -hmm. Costa Rica. And I was doing like receptionist, front desk, um, helping with like tours. I worked at like a surf camp. Uh, then I went to Puerto Jimenez, which is south of where I currently am right now in Novita. And then I came up for to go to Envision Festival. This was like three months into my traveling indefinitely. And then I met my now husband, which is maybe why you're like, what is your last name? How do you say it? it's Costa Rican Chacon? So, so tell me about because I know that with all of the other people that I've interviewed so far, nobody has even touched on Envision Festival. And I know it is like such a huge deal. Yeah. Um, I have um, I've been in country when it's going on and it is just an influx of humans in the Dominical uh, area. And so tell me about, like, that was, was that your first Envision? Yeah, it was my first Envision. I've been to like five Envisions. Uh, so I do have a background in yoga and transformational coaching and, and the arts. And that's what the festival is really about. Of course, it's a music. It's changed a lot. It's grown a lot. Um, like the good and the bad, it brings a lot of opportunities for the community. And then, you know, it has its own personality, too, that some of the locals don't agree with. The festival is wonderful, I think, especially if you're into yoga, art, community. They've got great workshops. It's only a week, too. And so, of course, it lingers a little bit beforehand, a little bit after. So there's like three weeks where the town just sort of transforms and there's a lot of people. Yeah. Um, it's great for humans that do like, you know, hospitality, casita rentals, so forth. This is where a lot of people make a good sum of their of their profit, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, there's so many people that descend upon that area, and there's not enough places to stay to accommodate the mass amount of people that come in during that time. Mm -hmm. It's just not. It's a, it's an amazing thing if you haven't witnessed it before. Okay, so you came down and you met your husband Andre. Yeah. Where did you meet? We met at a beach. We met at a beach, and it was quite um, instantaneous. You could say. 
That is amazing. That's like, um, you know, that's a, that's a rom-com right there. It kind of is. It's corny. We never thought we'd be these people. Um, <laughs> like, oh, we met at the beach. And then there, <laughs> there's a popular hostel called Flutterby, which is, you know, right near the beach too. So we would love to go there and, you know, share drinks and stuff together and go to the live music. And then when I was like, well, I'm, I'm going to Columbia. He's like, why don't you want to like move in with me for a month? You know, you don't have to pay for the hostel or have to work. Just enjoy Uvita. And I'm like, okay, this sounds great. You know, a boyfriend for the month. Like didn't want to tell my parents that at the time, but I trusted him and everything worked out well. He, he treats me like a queen and continues to do so. so. It's funny because one of the, um, one of my favorite places on earth, and I started to wear it today. I have a, I have one of the older Flutterby shirts. <laughs> I like have the black hoodie. I, I, anyways, I was like, I started to wear it today. And, um, but like it, so it changed hands because like probably whenever you started going there, whenever I started going there, the sisters owned it, right. Yep. And ran it from yep. Santa Barbara and, um, they don't, they don't own it anymore. And it, and it's, um, changed hands now. And it used to be before they put up, um, the fence, like you literally could have access to just go out to the beach and do yoga right there. And you had access just to walk through and get there and, they, that's not anymore because the national park has like closed that part of it off. Um, but it was like my favorite place. As a matter of fact, one time um, I was coming in from the States and um, I have a grown son. His name is Sawyer. He was coming in. He was going to, we were going to fly in together, but at the last minute I had to be, be at Gary Vaynerchuk's agent 2021 conference in Miami. Like I'd gotten invited at the last second. And so I told Sawyer, I'm like, Hey, go on down. Um, when you get off at Enquipos, uh, um at the airport right there, there's a bus. Get on the bus, take it in, go to Flutterby, stay there until I get there. Yeah. And it was so funny. So um, it, this is a great story. So he got there and he, and he couldn't find where the bus was going to pick him up. And buses just kept driving past him. And so finally I got back on um, Facebook and I'm, I'm like in, in a couple of the groups, I'm like, okay, my son is outside of the airport there. If anybody can like get him to Flutterby, that'd be great. And so the lady that owns, um, oh my gosh, hang on. I'm going to get the name wrong again because my brain just went vacant on there. Um, the burger place at the top of the hill up there. Uh, Jolly Rogers. That's Jolly Roger. She, she goes, yeah. I mean, she's like, I'm going to, I'll go get him. I wouldn't want any of my kids to be stranded. I'm like, <laughs> six foot four and he's 34. But um, so she went down and picked him up. She drove from, um, from wherever she was at, at that day. I don't even remember she was out shopping or whatever and came down and picked him up and took him back to Flutterby. And he stayed there for like three days. Like that's how long it took me to get in. And he was so funny because he was like, Oh my gosh. So he's used to, so he's a union electrician. So they're used to being like on, he travels a lot and he'll be somewhere like, like he wants to buy around for everybody in the house or whatever. And he's like stayed there for like three days, ate there every day, took surf left lessons from Rama and um, like bought drinks for everybody. He's like, my bill was like $150. (laughs) He goes, and everybody's in bed by 10. It was awesome. So it's like one of his favorite memories is is spending those three days at Flutterby. And I, I mean, I don't know, you know, I don't know the new owner, Owners of what it's like now, but um, I I miss that that is part was always part of our experience. Every time we went, we went and hung out there and and ate and, and visited and. Agreed. Yeah. My family has been there. It was like the OGs remember the Flutterby days. Good memories. Right. Absolutely. Okay. So you guys met. You were going to go to Colombia, and then you got a month long boyfriend. I got a month long boyfriend. <laughs> did you Did day. you go to Colombia? 
no, I didn't. <laughs> I, yeah, I had like boat trips planned and everything. I missed out on some opportunities, but I got, you know, my future, my, my partner, my husband in trade. And it was something that I wrestled with for a while and, and him too. So being Costa Rican and being in this community, that's very transient. You know, there's lots of people that say I'm moving to Vita or to Minical and then they, they leave in two months, you know, it, it just comes and goes. And so he had that experience too, with, with meeting people and, and having romance and then they, they would leave. So for us, it was a little bit like, is this really happening? And um, once we decided like, okay, let's, let's see what this looks like. Then I went back to the States. My last possession was my car, got rid of the car, um, tightened up some things back at home and then came back. And And so at this point, your parents are like, what? Are you crazy? <laughs> I mean, they sort of expected it just because I've always been this child. I mean, right when I graduated from high school, I went to school in a different state. Like I've always just been an adventurous soul, wanted to hop around. Um, you know, I was paying for my own tuition at college and I told my father, I think I'm going to travel and take a break. And he's like, no, you're not. I'll pay for it. Like you've got to go to school, honey. So that's just my personality. Um, of course they had their own worries and those were expressed to me. Like, how are you going to make a living down there? Um, this is a big decision, honey. And I trusted myself. I trusted, you know, choosing Andre and, and my resiliency to figure out how to make it work down here. Okay. So let's go back. So that was like, um, 2017 when you came down. Yeah. Okay. And, um, so when you first came down, what did you do for work? So you were doing the it was at the gigs that you had on the crib but when you moved over yeah, to I was doing hostels, but these were just like exchange for accommodation. So right. I wasn't really making any money. I did like occasionally sell granola bars or something on the beach. Like just, okay, how did I make, I came with savings You know, I worked really hard. I knew this was going to be part of my travels. So I had that flexibility. Um, and then when I came down here and decided, okay, we're going to make this work with Andre, he was property managing a home in Uvita. And then the upstairs of the house was just like a deck. There was nothing up there. And, um, I said, well, let's turn this into like an Airbnb. So we put some mattresses up there. We decorated it really cool. We advertised it as like this yoga tree house, walking distance to town, all truth. And we, we charged like $20 a night, I think like per bed. Yeah. And we were booked out all the time. Super host. We decided to like offer breakfast now. So Andre was cooking the Tico breakfast and that was like an additional cost. And that sort of like set us up for, sort of getting into the real estate industry, but down here via property management and Airbnb. So we've been super host for like six years. Uh, then I decided I want to get my yoga teacher training. So that would be like another fun thing to offer our guests, like creating this experience. I love to create memories for people and, and transformation and just moving forward. So I did my training at inner sea yoga Academy, which my friend Courtney Fletcher owns, which we can drop in the show notes too. Cause people yeah, always talk sure. to me, you know, where did you study? And so I did my yoga teacher training. And then a couple days after I had graduated from my training, I had like 500 business cards. My mom sent them to me, right? She's all like, you got to do something. You need to make more money. Like always her thing. That's funny. She, she sent me down 500 business cards. Well, she had asked me, what do you want the business cards to say? And I said, retreat facilitator, property manager, operations manager. And she's like, Katie, but you haven't done some of these things. And I was like, but I it's not that I'm not capable. I can do all these things. I have the degree. I have yes. the professionalism. Like I can do this. She's like, okay, honey. And so then the next day after I graduated, I handed out one business card out of the stack of 500. Right. And it's the owner, the owner of Synergy in Evita. And he looks at me and he goes, can you start on Monday? 
And <laughs> yeah, so started there. And then um, basically the, the retreat center wasn't open yet. So he was still tightening up some things. Andre quickly came on board to help get all the admin stuff done, the permits, um, the lawyers, setting up like the taxes, kind of just being his right-hand man with all that. While I was working on the marketing, bringing in facilitators, I started a yoga studio there. I was teaching classes there. We did workshops. We opened it up as like a hotel when we weren't having retreats being booked out. We led some retreats there. Nice. Awesome experience. And so that probably gets us right up to the pandemic. (laughs) what twist for everybody oh yeah it's i mean the borders closed here so a retreat had just ended we were supposed to have another one come in borders closed people are freaking out we're wondering what's happening um so the the retreat center it closed for obvious reasons there's no guests there um And then Andre and I got to like put our heads together of like, what's next? How, what do we do? And we love the retreat industry. We love like hotels and hospitalities, but managing and operating one is a 24 seven job. Right. And we knew we wanted to have children. And so it was hard for us to see how can we, how can this be like a long-term sort of thing? Let's create a more solid foundation with our career. So I quickly got into the online world and bringing my transformational skills from yoga and spirituality, um, took a coaching transformational course. And then I started offering like one-to-one coaching online. So working with other humans and it was a great success because it was during, you know, COVID time when people were deeply needing that. And I had connections from the Bay area, people Mm -hmm. in Silicon Valley where they're experiencing, you know, they don't have the peace of mind that we have here with the, the natural environment. It was a little different. So I held held a lot of emotional space for human beings for a couple of years there. Well, and the hard part of that is that we all forget because we're past it now is the not knowing how long this is going to go on, right? Like you don't know, like at first, like six weeks, we'll be done with this in six weeks, blah, blah, blah. And like nobody knowing how long and how bad it was going to get and how, you know, I mean, even like in the States, like where we going to be considered essential, like all of the rules that were coming down, how do they affect all of us? And I, and I can imagine because I wasn't, and I was the, one of the people locked out of Costa Rica at that time. Um, how is that going to, you know, affect even down the road? Like, will this, will we ever get back to normal again? Will we ever look at people in the store and go, I wonder if they have cooties? You know what I'm saying? It was so stupid that, I mean, not that that was, I'm just saying the way that we felt overnight about the things and the people around us were like, it felt like the walking dead. Like, are they, are they, you know, do they have the virus? You know, or do we need to get Lucille out and kill those people? I was like, so stupid. All of this was just craziness to the point where everyone, everyone felt it at the same time. And on the other side of it, we forget that we had all of those feelings of uncertainty and nobody knows what our life will look like on the other side of this. And so um, I think that was brilliant. You taking it online at a time when I know everybody's mental health was struggling from the isolation, from the uncertainty of what the world held, from the media being so dark and gloomy, um, and that to have a, a ray of sunshine anywhere where someone could go, look, I'm here to help. Yeah. Yeah. And I really felt in a great position as well, because you know, you say it was like the walking dead, but I, I didn't, we didn't really have that experience here. 
you know, um, like Andre and I don't even own a, a TV. We're very much in nature. That's our entertainment. And not to say naive, of course, we were getting updates, but it wasn't just in our face. And right. we didn't have the lockdowns per se, like, you know, people were experiencing up north in Northern America. I still got to meet with my friends and go on walks with them. And um, I was, I stayed connected in other circles too, that maybe we had in person that went online. And so I was so grateful to be here. I bet. During all of that and be able to then communicate and hold space for people where it's a completely different world that they're walking in. Right. And so then how long after we were in the middle of, you know, our pandemic protocol or how our lives had changed after that. How long did you go, Hey, okay. The country's opening back up. I think real estate is it. Yeah. So, I mean, when the country was opening back up, we actually did a retreat. We did a really big retreat production and I had always thought about doing real estate. When we started doing the property management and the Airbnb, I was like, okay, what's the next step? The next step is selling real estate. And I, and I have experience in marketing and sales, but I wasn't yet a citizen. Uh, and so I knew that to do it right. And I am a very big woman and doing it right. And with integrity, I I wanted to be a citizen. Um, my husband and I married in 2020, but that process took longer than expected because 2020 happened. Right. Um, so I wasn't able to yet do it, but I was like, okay, I'm just going to like harness my marketing, my online skills. That's how we're going to really like branch out when we do step into it. So it actually wasn't until 2023 in May, I want to say, when we, uh, you know, got accepted into Blue Zone and started going ham on the courses and the mentorships and the yeah. trainings and getting listings. And- nice, 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 nice. And so now we're going to move into, um, so it's just not you and Andre any longer. Mm-hmm. There is, there's three people in your world. There's three of you. Yeah. Minus our, our cat and dog too. We have, we no. have some animals. We've got some pet children. They're but people our, our beloved Luca Celeste, who's turning two next month, is in our life. Yeah. Nice. And so like if we do our math backwards, then that was in 2022 that you guys um, decided to um, increase your family. Mm-hmm. And so I know that there's a lot of people that are like, that question, like if they're considering moving to a foreign country and they're like, one of the biggest, I think, scare tactics that maybe, I don't even know the right word to say, like, I want to say like, let's just use the US or even Canada, whatever. They're like, yeah, but yeah, you're going to come back when you need healthcare. You're going to come back when you need this. And like, and, and I think that there's a lot of, um, backward thinking that um, the only great healthcare is in North America and that, you know, you're risking everything if you decide to go down there. Like, so tell me about your experience with deciding to have a baby in Costa Rica. Yeah. Well, I have a completely different mentality than that. I always am like solution and positivity. Mm -hmm. And so for me, and I like to do things kind of the natural way as well, a little bit outside of the system, you, you could say. So that didn't really scare me. We did have an um, unmedicated home birth. We had a midwife there with us, uh, which is my husband and Corrine, which we should also drop her in the show notes. Because I 100% recommend this woman. Um, she's got over 20 years. I think I first want to say we have some of the most amazing practitioners in this area. 
like I'm thinking Benny, the chiropractor, Kais, the chiropractor, like there's all these people that are, have like, have retired and moved down here and who then offer their services to mm-hmm. a much cheaper rate. And they're phenomenal. Like they've literally <laughs> retired in Costa Rica. So we've got great hands on deck. And then there's, of course, people still practicing in their own ways with offices. And we do do a lot of like private doctors if we do need to see a doctor. Um, and when, yeah, when we hired Corrine, so she's got 20 years of experience as midwifery. She's also got her own school. So she trains doulas and midwives around the world. She's French Canadian. She's an absolute angel. And then, you know, she does take in in-person clients here in Costa Rica. So we were one of like the lucky people to be one of her first clients in this area. And it was, it was a breeze. It was everything I could have imagined. And then some, um, we got to meet with her for my prenatal care. We met with her, you know, every five weeks in her office in Oho Chow. And I just saw a video and she's, she's cleaning it and setting it up right now. Cause she went back to Canada for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. So she's back now. Um, which makes sense. Cause there's like a big influx of women being pregnant again. And so are all, all my friends were like, okay, we're at like two years. It's time now. And she just like <laughs> knows. So she comes back, like things just work out that way too, here in Costa Rica. Um, and so, yeah, we, we worked with her. And then of course we had another doctor here in order to get our, our sign off for the birth certificate and all the other things that go down with having a child. Nice, 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 nice. So, um, are, are there plans for more children? Oh, yes. Oh, cool. Now that you're, now that your midwife is back for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's go time. Well, we're just at that good age too. So Luca's just started going to like a a daycare sort of thing, just a couple days a week, half days. And so we're like, oh my gosh, we have alone time. Like our capacity is rising. And then of course we're like, yeah, let's do it again. (laughs) Let's, let's fill it back up again. So let's talk about your your real estate because I know that um, you and Andre do this as a real estate team, and um, I've been to the website and um, your and I've checked out your social media also and um, your content, which is so important. Um, your content is beautiful and it's um, it's engaging. Like it's I want to consume more of it, which is so important, especially in something like you're in a very visual country and there's beautiful homes there. And everyone wants to see as much as they can. And I think the person who wins is the one who gives them enough content to let them make a decision. Um, so Andre and you do like always go to like showings together, to listings together. Do you divide and conquer? Like, how does that work out? Yeah, right now we've been doing a lot of it together just yeah. because we have the space to. Um so when we can, we, we try to do it together. And then, yeah, you're going to see us divide and conquer once we've really mastered some things. We're still trying to find our footing and balancing with a toddler. We're getting a lot of listings. You know, we've been plugged into the community for a while. So people trust us with selling. We're getting some great buyers, too, just from Connections and then Blue Zones Network as well. Um, yeah. And then and then for content, you know, when I was doing the online world with my with my coaching business I uh, I learned so much about social media about content like that was a huge thing and so it's I am so grateful that you experienced that in our marketing because we really are here to like set the bar high mm-hmm. with making sure that our listings shine and that people feel educated inspired um, motivated to want to come here uh, via the content just makes that yes or that no a little bit easier. Right. And it's funny because like, so I think about like, 
a guy who runs a body shop will always be checking out your paint on your vehicle, right? And someone who does hair is always checking out, like, I wonder what she, what product she, what she do to her hair. Well, I run a social media agency. And so I'm like constantly going to people's social and going, and I'm either like, holy crap, they need help. Or, oh my God, they're doing a good job of this. And I'm like, so excited when people like, finally, like they get it. And they know that, um, uh, like one of the things that we talk about all the time, um, they need to, um, not just give them like, not, instead of just saying, here's what I do, here's who, here's what I sell. And here's somebody I sold to. And here's the thing. And here's the thing. Like if they're not giving them more content than that, like here's a, here's one of my favorite beaches in Costa Rica that we go to all the time. And, um, I took this video just for you at sunset. This is sunset outside of whatever, wherever it is that you're at. And you're giving them more content other than just whatever it is. Like I handle the automotive industry a lot. And most of the salespeople in automotive, when they're using their social, they'll post inventory pictures and sold customers. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. And then, then they don't understand that to trip the algorithm within Facebook, you have to put engaging content out there that people will like, comment, or share on. And then when you post your next post, it will get more traction. It'll get more legs and have more reach because you had people do a thing. You had a call to action and said, you know, are you more of a mountain person or a beach person? You know, give me a, a, a thumbs up or a thumbs down, whatever you are, whatever you wanted to put, have them do it. And then whenever they engage with you, then you go, I have a hot new listing alert. Here's what it is. And now more people will have it in their newsfeed. And so I'm always, um, I'm always checking out people's social media to go, are they getting it? Are they doing the right things to be able to get their exposure as wide as they need it to be? And so, um, I love that your guys' social media is, um, very on point. Um, I just want to celebrate that for a moment. Yes, you should. I didn't realize that that was, you had that background. So to be noticed by you in that light is just, it's amazing because we did just start, you know, the profiles and the social media, we're going to be getting into ads soon too, because, why not, you know, leverage mm-hmm. these tools. And we know somebody that has got a pretty good grip on it. And I think too, for listeners who are thinking about like work and coming here, you're missing out on so much opportunity by not landing social media, right? Because we're so far away from potential customers and clients. And so if you can take the time to go all in on um, maybe a personal brand, or you're learning more about like market theory and social mm-hmm. media, it's just going to expand your reach so much more. Absolutely. Um, One of the things that's like so important, like um, it sounds crazy, but like in the United States, 75% of every household, 75% of households in the U S have a pet of some sort, right? Like 75%, like that's a huge saturation of people with pets. mm -hmm. And um, what people don't understand is that people will judge you online. They want to know, like, and trust you before they meet with you, right? They want to know there's some things about you. So what are some things about you? And so when we're in the automotive space, um, because car salespeople have like, they have a decades of crap to overcome. And I'll go, you know what? Do you have a dog? Okay. You're going to post a picture of your dog today. And go, this is my dog, Brutus. And I love him so much. He's my big O sweetie. Drop a picture of your dog below and put his name in there too. Right. And then people will literally make the lump leap and they'll go, Oh my God, he can't be a jackass. He has a dog. Look at him. Oh my God. I love that dog. And, and they've, and they've, they've come a step closer to the no like, and trust. Right. And it really is just revealing something because people want to know 
who you are, not just what you do. And so the more that you can do that to where you're comfortable, they will draw alliances with you. I always stay away from religion and politics. Nobody gives a crap. Let them vote however they want to. Yeah. Let them don't vote if they don't want to. Yeah. That's up to them. Yeah. But give them the pieces of you that can cause tribes. Um, and I noticed you have some tattoos, right? Yeah, I do. Okay, so I, I made um, I made a post the other day, or I, I gave some of my team a post to make, and it was this beautiful arm forearm of a guy with a beautiful tattoo on there, and the and the on the graphic it just said "Show me your ink," right? Mm -hmm. And so um, tattoos have become so mainstream now, like they didn't used to be, but they've come so become so mainstream. And so in the in the caption, we're like, "Hey, um, I'm going to drop a picture of my favorite tattoo in the first comment, but show me your ink and tag your tattoo artist in it," right? And when we did that, um, now people who had tattoos felt like this was a safe place to come and visit and hang out. But then they gave us so much stuff, right? Because they tagged businesses yeah. in here. And so we were stealing social media, yeah. people who had their own social media because they were tagging their Facebook pages or they were tagging these people. Uh -huh. And then and then I said, okay, now you're going to follow up. At the end of the day, you're going to post um, like the hottest, newest trade-in vehicle on your lot with this caption. You always want to call to action. You want them to do something, yeah. not just look what I have. Right. And, and so the caption was, how much of a monthly payment could you afford for this vehicle? And so there was some smart Alex, which I didn't care. They're going $1, give it yeah. to me for free. Whatever. I don't care what they do. I want them to, I want them because every time you get like, let's say Facebook says, um, okay, we're going to see how this post does. Right. And then you get 10 people react to it. And if you don't react back to everybody. So let's say that on the ink tattoo, I, I don't react to a picture of yours. I, if you post one, I need to go, that's really pretty and elegant. Like I need to respond back to you because Facebook doesn't know the difference between four people commenting and, and four people commenting with me replying back. Now it's eight, huh. right? So I reply back to every comment. Yeah. And then the more I do, Facebook goes, this is kind of interesting to people. Let's push it out to a bigger audience. Yeah. And then we just keep commenting and then they push it out to a bigger audience. And then after a while, like the tattoo post for one of my salespeople, got 80 comments um, by the end of the day. The reach was huge on it. But then um, on the car post that came right behind it, um, he had a lady comment and she's like, well, my budget right now is $410 a month. I don't know if you can do anything with that. And he like immediately went, let me, let me message you real quick and yeah. we'll talk about it. Do you have a drink or whatever? And so he sold that car just because like he just learned the, the give them what they want and then give them what you want them to have. Yep. And so it's really just all about keeping that engagement up. So like, you're right. Anybody, I always say that if I ever decided to go back into sales, I would like literally dominate everybody because most of them are not doing, they're not doing it well. Right. Okay. And, and I'll tell you a little tip too, is like, everything doesn't have to be perfect and that's okay. Behind mm -hmm. the scenes are funny. Like if you have Andre doing some crazy stuff somewhere and he's whatever behind the scenes, like I loved the video of him saving the sloth. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I love that. Right. That's the thing. Like, let's get this sloth and get him off the road. Mm -hmm. The other side. <laughs> you know, those, those are, those things are important. They're just as important. So people like, Oh my God, what an amazing man he is. He like stopped in the middle of the day and got this sloth to the other side. And it just drew your audience closer to you. Right? Totally. It got us quite a bit of followers on TikTok too. <laughs> I'm sure it did. I'm sure people it did. Um, okay. So you're, um, so you guys are killing it in real estate. You're loving that part of it and uh, planning for the future. And probably, are you still doing, um, are you still super host? Like you're still doing BMW? Oh yeah. Yeah. We're still, yeah, we're doing that under. So we work with Blue Zone Realty International. 
Um, they just do selling and work with buyers for mm -hmm. purchasing. And then our Chacon Real Estate, which is like the brand within the brand, you know, mm -hmm. uh, we do do property management within, within that too. Nice. That's amazing. Now, I say property management. I mean, we do like to focus more on Airbnb management. Now we have the connections and the bandwidth to help with, you know, if you need contacts and things like this. Um, but yeah, we do offer this. So if you could give one piece of advice to someone who is considering coming down from some, from something that you learned, right? Like, I wish I'd have known this before I came down. What would that be? Oh my gosh, just one. Just one. <sighs> Remember why you came here. Remember why you came here in the first place. Because and then what? what is one thing that um, was harder than you thought it would be? Like in your mind, you're like, you thought it would be like this. And it ended up being more complicated than you thought it was going to be. Like trying to bake in maybe an extravagant recipe and getting all the ingredients <laughs> and having to go to like five different stores sometime or like, you know, order it from Amazon, a certain spice, you know, we don't have everything. So I think that would be <laughs> Why is it so hard to get all my ingredients for? Mine, mine is crazy because it's like finding decent cheese. Okay, that, this is my point. You know, like, oh, oh, but luckily I have a friend coming from Germany and maybe they can bring me, you know. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, oh my gosh, I just have to go. Okay, I'm not going to make anything with cheese. I'll be okay with that. <laughs> I know. Well, Katie, it's been lovely visiting with you, and I'm so glad that you were willing to share your story with us and um, all of the um, ways to connect with Katie and to see what she does and how she does it. And any recommendations that she has for great people in the area that you want to connect with will be in the show notes. And um, I'm just so grateful, and I can't wait to hear about your adventure with um, the for Luca's little sibling, whichever, whatever it will be. Yeah. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed um, sharing the experience and the life in Costa Rica and all of its glory and, you know, thriving here and how to make it through. So thanks again for having me. Thank you. All right. We will talk soon, people.